Hey folks, Brandon Harris here, the Tattooed Conservative, coming back to you with some breaking news. Sadly, last night out in Waukesha, Wisconsin, five people were murdered and um, another 40 injured in a drive through attack at a Christmas parade. Dearly Brooks, 39, of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who had just gotten out prior felonies and misdemeanors on cash bail guys, decided um, it would be in his better judgment to drive through a parade, killing a lot of young, younger and older folks um, and injuring more. And that's just, it, it's sad to see, guys, and we'll see how this case plays out. We're praying for those families right now. But in other news in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, people across the nation calling for Kyle Rittenhouse's execution, the death of his family, after the young man gets a self-defense verdict. And they uh, they tend to claim that this is a only because he's white. If he wasn't white, it wouldn't be self-defense type of case. But folks, just two days ago, Andrew Coffey down in Florida um, won his case against his state's attorney as well, Andrew Coffey was um, there when his home was raided a few years back. Him and his girlfriend were in bed. He claims the police did not identify themselves as police and um, opened fire after claiming that the officers opened fire first. So Mr. Coffey opened fire after telling, um, you know, the prosecutors, hey, the police opened first. I fired back. There was no real good recording of that actual raid. Thus, that turned out to be got off on a self-defense case. That right there is another case of self-defense in this country, and I'm not attacking it. Good for the young man. Um, I haven't followed that case very heavily, but that's what happened. God bless him. It's self-defense. He is facing felony gun charges, being a felon, having a firearm. But you know what? Kyle Rittenhouse claims self-defense. Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. People just don't seem to understand the sheer fact that it doesn't matter how many times you attack this kid, how many times you attack what he's stating. When you watch the videos, when you look at the facts, it's real. A BLM protester caught outside of Chicago the other day, live on video. I was going across Twitter and I'd seen this. Literally stated, we don't know what he did. We don't really know the facts of the case, but we know we're coming for him. What does that tell you? A lot of people think Kyle Rittenhouse hurt a black American. He hurt a minority. And the reality of the situation is it was a white male who shot two other white males who were pursuing him aggressively, one with a skateboard, one with a handgun. Guys, you cannot tell me that that is not self-defense at its finest. You can give me the excuse, well, Kyle shouldn't have been there. Neither should the protesters have. One of the men he shot came from farther away than he did. Kyle had family there in Kenosha, Wisconsin. His parents were split. His dad lived out there. He had brothers and sisters, family out there. The man worked out there. But you're going to give me an excuse on that case. Yet if we were to burn down buildings and loot streets over the Daryl Coffees, as Republican Americans, you'd call us racist. But we're racist when we tell you that the black guy and the white guy who got off, God bless them both. They didn't do anything wrong. God bless them both. And you're going to tell us we're racist because there's a white guy involved. I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. And this isn't everybody. Specifically, the BLM leftist movement um, constantly calling white conservatives racist. Although they're black conservatives as well, guys. We have orange conservatives and green conservatives and blue conservatives too. Uh, Conservative isn't a color, folks. Uh, Democrat isn't a color. Extreme socialism doesn't have a color to it. And nor does extreme conservatism or the middle grounds, folks. They're just political alignments. Why do people continue to pull the race card on everything that we do? The left has used this as a tool for far too long. Asking my white, black, yellow, orange, green, blue, purple, shiny brothers and sisters to all come together, folks. Because right now, it's not about your color. I truly believe it's about your core values and the future of this nation. And we're seeing time and time again how the evil big media and the evil Democratic Party are playing us against each other. We don't dislike anybody. At least I don't. I'm a very well-respected conservative leader. I love everybody. 
I love um, people of all genders, people of all races, people of all cultures. As long as you're willing to work for the better good, I'm with you folks. I'm sick and tired of the Great Divide. The Great Divide's been going on. I've been talking about the Great Divide for a very long time. For those who know that what I'm talking about, the Great Divide is where in politics, starting from many years ago, they use race to divide us all. And they're bringing it back. They're bringing back the 1960s all over again. They're attempting to separate races and cause racism among multiple races in a country when that's not what we need, folks. Racism is not what we need. Hate is not what we need. We need love. We need understanding. We need compassion. We need unification, strong family values, conservatism, and we need fiscal responsibility, folks. That's what we need in this nation. I am so glad to be back with you guys. You guys have really been helping make this podcast go viral. If you've yet to check us out, check us out on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Parlor, MeWe, Gab, and we'll be back after the break. Hey folks, Brandon Harris here, back after the break. I was talking about the Great Divide, talking about a lot of what was going on, but now folks, we're gearing up, politically at least, for the 2022-2024 season. We're getting ready to go out and take this nation back. I see it lighting up across the board, from California to New York, to Oklahoma, all the way down to the tip of Florida, Alabama, and Texas, into the interstates. I see this lighting up. I see the board picketing up for the Republican Party for 2022 and 2024. I've been saying this and seeing this now for a couple of months. It's been coming in solid. And we saw the Glenn Youngkins win out there in Virginia. We saw what should have been a win and needs to be investigated out there in New Jersey. And that just leads us to wonder, what is headed our way, folks? What do we have in store for us in 2022 and 2024? One of the very big things I see in store, and I've seen this across state after state, in Illinois, you've got front runners running for governor. I've had Chris Roper on quite a few times. I love Chris. But right now in the front running spot, you've got a farmer. You've got a really, really out there. Darren Bailey is just an out there type of do your own thing farmer. And down in Ohio, guys, and I'm now sitting in Ohio, you've got Blystone running for governor. Another farmer. These farmers are running for governor across the country. Men who have worked and instilled core values, taken over their families, farms, worked in a tight-knit, little conservative community who strictly stick to agriculture and doing what they're good at for 20, 30, 40, some 50 years. Coming out of the woodworks, uh, my wife's grandfather, who is actually in Darren Bailey's district, who is actually the county board president in that district, and he is also a sitting county board member. Court Bartman has been a huge inspiration in my life. Court's in his 70s, guys. Court is the type of guy who, um, I was sitting at uh, dinner one day down at the wife's house, and I hate to break into story here, but it gets real interesting. Sitting out to dinner with Court, and, um, he's bragging to me how the school, or the, you know, um, schools had come in, and they wanted this multi-million dollar buildup to put their buses in. And he had gone and found a vacant building in the community, found a way to fix it up to store buses there and to cut the cost while providing the same quality building to the school district and saving the money. And when I meet an old school conservative like that, the man's been a farmer for years, literally, thank God, God bless him for being alive, still um, really great inspiration to me, but Court had a heart attack on his tractor a few years ago in the middle of the fields in his 70s. 
doesn't need to be working, but does, because that's his values. Man has a heart attack on his tractor and was mad that he had to go to the hospital and couldn't get right back out there and barn folks. And um, that man has been an inspiration to me, an inspiration to many back in the 70s, you know, getting to meet and talk to court. He was one of those guys that went in and stormed D.C., the agriculture group. And um, getting to talk to somebody with core values like that and seeing those type of men run across the country. Realistically, when we see those types of men run across the nation we live in, I see some hope for our future because court is a good guy to me. Darren Bailey is a good guy to me, even though I'm with Chris Roper for governor, guys. Um, I'm looking at, you know, Blystone, a really good-hearted guy to me. These men can go somewhere and make a difference because they've worked hard, they've instilled values in themselves, their children, their children's children, and now they're on the way to make a difference within our government. And I think that's key, folks. And we're having that happen. We're seeing a lot of that right now. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. I'm seeing more wealthy, hardworking Americans, not rich Americans with handouts, not second generation old money Americans, hardworking Americans, maybe second or third generation farmers, but who've made a very big success themselves out of their family farm, their family business, now coming in and running for the state seat of governor. One in Illinois. I'm seeing one right now in Ohio. I'm keeping my eyes peeled across the board. I'm seeing good guys like Michael Samuels getting ready, prepared to run for Congress that I'm working with right there out of Philadelphia. I'm seeing other good guys across the board, folks. And I can only pray and hope that um, as a team, we can become unified. And if we become unified and we grow as a team, that better things come into play, folks. And I think that we're heading those directions. I think we're headed towards making a difference. And as usual, guys, I think we're going to take 2022, and I damn well know we're going to take 2024. Looking at the Biden regime, what's going on now, it's just going to be a huge, massive difference. And folks, I'm going to jump back off of politics here for a bit. And again, um, for those of you that weren't with us at the very beginning of this 10-minute podcast episode, sorry guys, I have to crack a joke here. I do one 10-minute one a day and a hour-long episode every Sunday. But folks, we had a uh, really rough event last night in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Five people died, 40 injured, as Daryl Brooks, 39-year-old Milwaukee, decided to drive through and viciously maul down elderly people, children, women at a parade for Christmas in a small town that's already suffered so much in two years of shutdown from COVID. Now they've got this hanging over their heads. Our hearts go out to them. Our hearts go out to their family. God bless you all. And um, folks, I'll be back tomorrow, as usual, on the Tattooed Conservative Show. Thank you guys for listening.